welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 264 of the Fret Talk Podcast. You are here with your host, very late this week, very, very late, squeaky bum time. Um, you are here with Mr. Budget Puddle Chap. You are also joined by Lee Padabadabadoo. Say hi, Lee. Hi, everyone. How you doing? Woohoo. It's a podcast. It's happening. Oh, this so, is... Um, Am I supposed to call you Mr. Squeaky Bum Time now? Yes, that's it. That's how you introduced yourself, mate. <laughs> it is, it, like I say, it is usually we record somewhere between like Monday Tuesday, through to about Wednesday. Thursday. Yeah. So that is the kind of the sweet spot. Usually, like Wednesday's our usual go to, but it can be Monday through to Thursday is pretty much our go to. We're recording on Saturday this week. So two days prior to this being released. So it's a very quick turnaround for Mr. Budget Pedal Chap this week. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's all go. So, uh, but Lee, not so much. Lee, 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 Lee. Yeah, what? We are going to, uh, we're going to not pontificate so much this week uh, on our, on our own stuff, but we're going to do, we're going to do a tiny little warm up, but we've got so, so much to pack in this week. All right. Okay. Cool. Right. What have you been up to? Quickly. Um, this week. That's I've... enough. Right. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> um, I, I, what I did want to mention, I went to my band rehearsal this week and forgot my wallet, um, which is okay because there was like we didn't have to pay for it. It was a free rehearsal, um, but all of my plectrums were in my wallet, so I had to play the entire <laughs> the entire set with a dep a dep um, bass player with no plectrum. Oh. That was uh, that was tough. It it made me actually realise how how little I need the plectrum for um for my band stuff. Apart from for two uh, two of the genres that we do, one was the kind of the rock stuff because you can't really get the attack with uh, with a finger. Like I was doing, um, like hold the line by Toto, really hold the line. <laughs> yeah, really hitting him like trying to hit him with my my thumb which ended up with quite a sore thumb. And funk, funk as well, is something that you cannot do. You cannot do. We've just got a message from Justin. No, I disagree. I, I I don't use a pick when I do funk. I've actually been practicing a lot of funk recently as well. And um, yeah, it's just all this finger. Yeah, but you can't. You don't get the percussiveness is is what, I'm, what I was finding. I was getting the I rhythm. Do, the I, dicka, I, dicka, 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 funny enough, I grow my nails on these two fingers <laughs> only. I do. I, I, let, I grow my nails on these two fingers only. Um, yeah. my, my index fingers on both fingers, on both hands. I just grow my... Not not long, just longer than the others. Yeah, so um, that you can use almost, a, almost as a faux plectrum. No, it's for scratching. No, <laughs> yeah, no, it's... <laughs> it's and, and that's exactly why. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I do get that attack. It, muting as well helps a lot. It depends on where you mute. Anyway, that's my in, that's my input. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I would extend it to our our listeners, our viewers, listeners, definitely listeners. Um, have you ever had to do a rehearsal or had to do <laughs> anything of note without your plectrum? Is it something you can do? I I found it quite tough. I managed to survive it, but I found it quite tough. Um, Lee. Lee, 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 Lee. Yep. You've told us, well, you told me before the podcast started, I need to mention beer. Tell me yeah. about beer, Lee. So, oh, I was like, okay, right, today's a really special day for me, okay? So I 
got after a, a, a long lot of messing around, I finally managed to get my residency status in Sweden. Woo, woo, so, woo, woo, woo. Well big, done. Big hoo-ha. It's, it's really, really great. I'm so pleased because it means that all the work we've put into this new house actually gets to pay off and we can, we get to stay here, <laughs> which is great. Um, so that that's great. And my wife's like, okay, look, uh, I'll go get some wine or something we can celebrate. What should I get? I was like, I'll tell you what, I, I don't fancy beer, really. I'll, get, I'll tell you, go and grab us uh, some of those uh, cocktails, you know, the little yeah, cocktails can, in a can, in a can sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've done those like before. That. Yeah, I, I, I like an ale and these sort of things. But she let my daughter pick them out. Uh, so you've got like the, the prettiest looking packaging. Yeah, and uh, and I opened one, and it was like, oh, this is a tropical one. I thought, oh, okay, expecting it to taste like Fanta. I opened it up, and it was tropical fruit ale. It was an IPA. Oh, nice. And I, I put it in my mouth. We're not expecting that. I was like, uh, okay, what the fuck is this? <laughs> okay. So I'm like, okay, drunk that. It wasn't actually that bad when I realized what I was drinking, you know? Yeah, it's the like, shock, isn't it? Yeah, I remember once being really, really drunk and needing a drink of water, picked up a glass, downed a sh- massive shot of vodka. That was a shock. <laughs> um, but I, I did uh, a similar thing with Pepsi and Jägermeister. <laughs> um, I ended up losing yeah. an entire afternoon at Download Festival because of that. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, go to the fridge and I pick up a mojito. I'm like, yeah, this will do. Drink that. Go to the fridge again and I pick up this one. Um, and you can see this looks a bit funky. It's all like red and it looks like a. It's got like red... racing. Yeah. Like checker pattern on it, hasn't it? And it says Ruby Soho Grapefruit Lager. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> grapefruit Lager. Mind you, <laughs> that being said, lager, man. There's, um, there's an ale that's brewed n- not so far away from where I love, live, live um, called Citra. And that's kind of. Um, it it's uh, an, an ale infused with um, kind of citric. I've had that. I really like it. I had that yeah. at a beer festival a few years ago, probably about, oh God, probably about 15 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, actually, no, closer to 20. Oh, fucking hell. Right, okay, ignoring that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I'm drinking this now, and it's kind of like, it's got like that um, almost like citrusy, um, lager with real lemon rather than like lemonade in it it's kind of got that sort of thing you know like when you put a lime in your corona and stuff like that yeah yeah you've yeah. got that but it's more like a grapefruit and yeah i, I don't blood, like grapefruit yeah. <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> I, I don't like grapefruit i enjoy a bit of grapefruit it's really sharp though and i imagine it's quite an acquired taste with with a beer yeah, so that's what I'm drinking now. Um, I don't normally do a lot of drinking, uh, but obviously, like today's a special day, and um, I, I don't normally drink when we do these podcasts. So, <laughs> no, hats off to you! Congratulations, well done yeah. for uh, being official Swede. Thank you very much. Uh, no, no, uh, no, I haven't got my citizenship. Like, like, I can't get that for five years. Yeah, but like it's close, closer now. Yeah, you you're allowed legally to live there. Oh, mate, just quickly, I'll tell you what happened, right? We sent in the application just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear anything back from them. We're like, what's going on? Anyway, I messaged them, uh, emailed them, say, what's going on? And it's as if they've gone, oh, shit. Because we had all the proof that we'd sent it in. Yeah. And then we, they don't, they only work like 
half days, three days a week or something like that. It's weird. And, and on a Saturday, they've messaged at me, go, the message on you going, oh, can we see your uh, proof that you're in Sweden, that you're allowed to be in Sweden for her and proof of your marriage certificate? And they've done everything this afternoon. So they've obviously seen yeah. and gone, shit. <laughs> I mean, that- that's very much the way that we've done the podcast this week, isn't it? It's all, all yeah. very much last minute. There's so a bit of a difference between a weekly podcast and a residency status for someone in a country. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think, yeah, one is more important than the other. Yeah, um, let's get on with it. So if we, I mean, we get paid to do this podcast, so. <laughs> right, so, before before we get on to the, the big discussions for this week, I've got a um, quick-fire questions that you are you are going to be our guinea pig for. But if you are listening along, answer these questions as truthfully and quickly as possible. So it's a bit like if I say Coke and Pepsi, you would go... Coke and Pepsi. <laughs> you go... Coke. You'd go Coke. Okay, so we are warmed up. Right, first one, TS or Clon? Clon. Phaser or Flanger? Flanger. Rat or OCD? Rat. First face or muff? Fast face. Reverb or delay? Delay. Clean or treble booster? Treble booster. Boom. So what did you go for? You went for... Did you go for Clon? Of course I went for Clon. Fucking heathen. <laughs> and I mean, you, how long have you known me? <laughs> no, I, I knew you'd go for it. I could almost I could almost guarantee which one that you would go for. Um, so let us know. Uh, let us know in the podcast group which ones you went for. Um, if I was doing it, I'd go Tube Screamer. No, no one f- asked. No one asked. Phaser. OCD. Fuzz face. Oh. Delay. And treble. Treble booster. Yeah. Joe, you know I don't like the OCD. Really mm. don't. I think I prefer it to the rat. I think I prefer it. I but either way. I love the rat as well. So, not a discussion. Yeah, was, this is not a discussion. This is quick fire <laughs> questions. Um, right. Cool. And we're going to get those answered. And we're going to potentially judge you for your your answers in the um in the podcast group but hey ho we're all we're all doing it it's all good fun judge so, way motherfucker indeed yeah <laughs> absolutely i stand by my choices um and i will fight anyone who tells me i'm wrong right so hot take is something that we do week on week last week we pointed the finger at companies and said they were irresponsible no irresponsible if they did limited runs and 78% of the people went, nah, you're chatting shit, mate. They said the the scalpers are more to blame than the companies and that the companies don't really owe us much. Uh, people 20... have spoken. Yep. They <laughs> also voted in Donald Trump and voted for Brexit. Just saying. <laughs> right? But the people have spoken. <laughs> but there we go. So officially, pedal companies can carry on doing limited runs, and we can't say jack about it. It has been... but according to the consensus, we are wrong. Indeed. So there you go. But this week, we've got a hot take. We've got a hot take that has been submitted by one of our long-time listeners and uh, just generally cool guys, John Bai. Um, in our podcast group, he said, Squire is now more innovative, a, a more innovative brand than Fender. Okay, based on what? Based on the fact that Squire innovates more than Fender. I would assume. 
Right, so if just giving him dirty looks here. Don't don't uh, mind if, me. If if we look at <laughs> like if we take a think about what um what's in the Fender lineup versus what's in the Squire lineup, I think I know that the Squire lineup has still got the classic vibe series, which is kind of tailored towards a uh, inexpensive but um, relatively a like modern playable version of classic instruments, yeah. So they um they've got kind of vintage leanings, but without being fully vintage specs because they don't have like the flat. Uh, sorry, the um seven point two five radius on the fingerboards. They don't have like the brass saddles for the tellies, but they have got um unofficially they've got tone rider pickups which are um, vintage voiced. So they've got that. They've got the, um, oh, what do they call it? Like the, the modern series, I think it was, which have got like the Squire humbuckers that look like EMGs, so like an active, um, almost like modern metal kind of thing going on. They have, they've done like Squire versions of the paranormal stuff, didn't they? They did that a couple of years back. What else have they got in the Squire Squire lineup these days? I mean, you've obviously got like the Bullet, which is the super super cheap stuff, uh, and then like the Affinity series, which are your bare bones basics. Um, what's in Fender? The Fender lineup that's that broad that covers like like modern player. Vintage player, modern metal. Right, okay. I, so I don't really have a horse in this race because um, I'm not really... I don't really... I'm talking about innovation. I'm talking about something like a Strandberg or something, you know, but that's, that's kind of my... That's kind of my go-to with that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I suppose I don't... innovation would preclude the um, the vintage stuff, wouldn't it? Because that's not innovative. Cause it's yeah. happened. If I think about what... Fender have done in the last um, the last few years. You've had that. Uh, is it the Meteora? Is that what they called it? The um, yeah, the offset, uh, which was a Fender. Now, obviously, Square have that as well, but obviously, Fender came out with that. You've also had the Acoustasonics as well. Um, yeah, which is kind of very innovative. It's not like variations of the same guitars with different pickups in. Um, so. And they do do that as well. But, you know, if you want like a, a metal Fender guitar, get an Ibanez. Um, but you, and... I mean, you've got the Jim Root kind of line, haven't you, within the Fender, um, within the Fender lineup? I mean, yeah. And then you'll have an answer to that from Ibanez all the way through. Uh, yes. But what, what we're saying is like the Fender versus Squire, um, yeah. they've got that as their innovation for modern model modern metal players and yeah. they are very I, well received as well no, i'm sure i'm sure they are um but i f- i think a few metal versions of the same guitar is that as innovative i can't even say the bloody word innovative <laughs> innovative <There we> <laughs> as um two maybe more brand new guitars what? Who of the Meteora the... and the Acoustasonic? 
Okay. Fact, yeah. There's um, two acoustasonics, isn't there? There's who... there's multiple acoustasonic shapes. There's the kind of telly shape one. There's a strat one. There's a jazz master one. They all do the same thing. So I'd I'd kind of bunch those into the the same thing. But it it is like you say, it is actually very innovative. I forgot about that um, because what else does that is pretty much it's taken um taking cues from Lindsay Buckingham's guitar isn't it that kind of yeah and like the Cole Clark uh, acoustics that have you know Cole Clark uh, Jack Johnson uses them um but they've got one that's got a uh, humbucker in the bridge as well oh there you go mm. yeah so it's kind of it's taking cues from that and that that's something which like previously hasn't been available to the masses it's been kind of bespoke stuff and then Fender have bought it out so that they are... And they've bought it out. They bought it out in the the kind of the custom range where it was quite expensive and quite unattainable. And then they bought it out in like the Mexican range. Still relatively pricey because it's quite a niche product. But they've they've innovated enough that it will become like mass available. They've done that. Let me ask you a question. The Jim Root stuff, I'm, I'm not overly au fait with it, but when he plays it, is it still Squire or is it a Fender version? No, he's like that's what I'm saying. Like the Fender have got a Jim uh, Root, Squire don't. But Squire have got the um, oh right, the, okay. the so modern Fender range. have got Jim Root. Okay, yeah. Oh, right, I'm with you. The the um the modern range. I can't remember what what the actual range is called, but it's like a modern uh like a modern take. They they've got. Uh, Jim Root style stuff, so it's got like the the active pickups, the Squire active pickups, but in different body shapes. They did like a like a solid body Starcaster, so like the the almost um three three five body shaped Starcaster. And they did like a modern modern metal version of that. They also okay. did, I think, a Telecaster as well, which very similar to the uh, the Jim Root. So that is quite innovative. It's like merging classic styles of the the Starcaster with the the modern appointments of like active pickups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is it is it more innovative than the Acoustasonic? Okay, uh, let's uh, let's think about Squire in not just in comparison to Fender, but in comparison to other companies out there. They're not doing anything other companies are doing, are they? What Squire? Mm. I mean, if if we draw parallels with uh like the Gibson lineup, so Gibson and Epiphone. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily go down the route of Gibson. I'm thinking more companies like we mentioned, um people like Ibanez and Sir and these sort of things. Are they doing anything that um some like other companies who let's take Harley Benton for example. Like, are they doing oh, anything let, that Harley Benton let, not doing? Let's not take Harley Benton because Harley Benton used the shotgun approach where they spread, like they they basically do everything and see what sticks. Yeah. Um. But if it's innovation we're talking about, if it, if it's someone else is doing it, it's not innovative. But the, <laughs> like it, the word innovative is your is your uh, Moby Dick this week, isn't it? but the the reason i'm saying don't compare it to harley benton is because the companies the companies like fender innovate the thing 
and then Harley Benton go straight away and will Copy. take inspiration from that thing. Okay, so all right. They're not. They're so, not... all right. Take um, R Squire doing it first is what I'm asking. Doesn't matter who else is doing it. R Squire doing it first, or are they taking inspiration from other people? Because mm. let's mm. be be honest, Ibanez have been doing this shit for a long time. I mean, Ibanez again are a, like a super super innovative brand. The question does not mention Arbanez. It says that Squire are being more innovative, are taking more risks. Yeah, are... No, no, no. Taking more risks and being innovative is not the same thing. I got it right then. Did you notice? Right. So <laughs> um, it's not the same thing. Being innovative is creating something new, not new within the confines of um, V's goalposts. It's being new. Just being new, like creating something like creating a guitar with, I don't know, 20 strings or something like that, you know, it's called a harp. But, um, you know, doing something not just new for them, whereas oh, like I the think Acoustasonic, that, I think Sonic, no, the Acoustasonic was new just it, but in it general. Weren't, it weren't, Lindsay Buckingham's guitar was doing it 20 years, 30 years before. So it's not innovative. But it's innovative. Put, put, it in was the, it was in the sense of putting it into mass production. But that's not that's not innovation. That's just um, logistics. I mean, if we took someone taking space travel and putting it into mass production, that's innovation. That's that's taking something that was done as a one off and cost a lot of money. And I know the Acoustasonics did cost a lot of money, but it's making it so everyone can get their hands on it rather than looking at Lindsay Buckingham going, oh. Well, that's good. Oh, shame we can't get hold of one. No, but by, by your definition, shape. by your definition, the innovation was the person who did it first, not the fact that these people can replicate it on mass. But what you, I'm saying is, they can't did have it, it both ways. You can't they, have it both ways. They were the first. They innovated, putting it into production. That's not innovation. innovation. That's put... that's the logistics. So you can either have innovation within that company. Or you can have innovation within the entire industry. Hmm. All right. Okay. Okay. I I don't think Squire are more innovative than. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I don't think they are. But let, I'm interested to see what people think. Yeah. 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 And and uh, what I'd say is as well, um, with your response put in where you think innovation lies. Do you think? The innovation lies on a company level, or do you think the innovation has to be looked at as a whole across the guitar community? I mean, then you could say like the Silver Sky was innovation. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean it. It was. It was. It was a an innovative leap for that company, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily um, new, was it? It wasn't. It wasn't a new thing because it was basically the. the you strat. see what I'm saying now, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. I'm. I, I, I'm playing devil's advocate with it, like based on the question itself. The question was, like, compared to Fender, Squire are now being the more innovative company. They are taking more risks with what they put out. They are giving a broader. Um broader lineup of instruments. 
I'd also like add into this what Fender have been doing with pedals because their pedal range, uh, ignoring these silly little ones that they re- recently, what the they're, hammer they're, tone, yeah, their their good pedal range is actually really good, and Squire aren't doing anything like that. Yes, yeah, but that's because why would someone buy a Squire pedal in comparison to a, buy a Squire guitar? <laughs> you'd buy a Squire guitar because it's giving you the shape of a Fender guitar, but for less money. They should have done the hammer tones as squire, shouldn't they? But like, they don't do squire amps as well. We're looking at just the just the guitars here because squire is just a guitar brand. Squire doesn't do. Are you looking for a squire amp here? Yeah, I'm sure I've seen squire amps before. My first ever. Um, they do. They do. Well, my first ever guitar amp was with a squire kit. And it branded Fender. It was a Fender frontman. It wasn't a Squire frontman. So may, maybe they've started branding some of the like cheaper, shitty amps. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what they've done. But they, th- those are the things that used to have Fender on them. Yeah. Quite a few. I love how like there's a Marshall valve state in here as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But... You wouldn't go into into a music shop and look at a a Squire Hot Rod Deluxe for <laughs> yeah. half the price of a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe. Do you have a Squire Tweed, mate? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So so it's just just based on the um, on the guitar brands themselves. Um, yeah. So All right, in, okay, we got that covered. We have, we have. It is now your time to argue this, much like we have done today. Um, but and put what you think. Uh, like where you think the innovation should should lie as well, if it's company wide or if it's um, paying attention to the the industry as a whole, or if you can't separate them and you have to do, you have to uh, like consider both together, almost. Um, so yeah, get get voting on that. The poll will be up. I will try and remember to post it this week because I, <laughs> I I posted it kind of midday last time because I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. What's well, next? Puddy cat. Right. Whoa, we have, whoa, whoa. There, there's not a lot of guitar news this week, and I don't care if there is anyway, because we're going to discuss some things. <laughs> Are we breaking up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Lee, it's it's not me. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so uh, this week, um, Gibson had uh, announced. Uh, a custom shop, Noel Gallagher, um, three three five five was he? I think I can't remember. Anyway, they also uh, announced a uh, an Epiphone Riviera as well, which is like based on the um, the stuff that he used to play in Oasis. So, is this something that should be released in twenty twenty two? Because, like. When was the last Oasis release? Like, Oasis aren't a thing anymore. They broke up, haven't they? I mean, mate, like, we still talk about Hendrix all the time. Yes, we do. Yes. Uh, I know, like, comparing, I'm not comparing Hendrix with Oasis. I'm just not, right? That's not what I'm doing here. No, I I get the comparison. I I get the comparison. Like, we mentioned Led Zeppelin. We mentioned Deep Purple. We mentioned Jimi Hendrix. We mentioned all of these kind of heritage artists 
we mention, and it's we don't bat an eyelid as to go, oh, there's a new Fender, um, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, or there's... You know what? I'm a much bigger fan of Oasis than I am at Jimi Hendrix. Oh. I don't care to admit that. I, I you know, Hendrix is fun. He's got like a handful of like great songs and, you know, he's been gone a long, long time. I'd love to have seen what he was doing to innovate <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, as he grew, but he didn't have that opportunity, which is a shame. Noel Gallagher's still putting out music with the High Flying Birds. Is it music? Is That's it good? Yeah, High Flying Birds honest, is good. I've not, I've not listened to any of it. Mate, more importantly, can we can we just say yes, it's okay, it's relevant, and move on to the fact that Muse had a new album drop this week. M- Muse had a new album. What? Yeah, Muse had a new album drop this week. It's really fucking good. Like it actually feels like an old Muse album, like uh, Absolution or something like that. It's it's really really good. Um. Uh. So yeah, people go and listen to it. And what has that got to do with the price of apples? We were talking about Oasis, man. Oasis. I know, I know but this is more important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Oasis are still relevant because they're a great band and they they influenced all of us as kids. All of us. Like, especially in the UK. Like, it, they were just everywhere. Oh, they were a cultural icon, even if you didn't like the music. Yeah, and. Man. He- I implore anyone who has gigged within the past kind of 30 years to not have heard the heckle play Wonderwall. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, their their legacy lives on. Even if, like, even if you're not a fan of the music, the legacy of that music still lives on. I, I, I have this, like, really bad memory that plays up in my head occasionally where... There was this disabled guy who used to come to jam nights, and he they they used to get him up singing. Um, and he was not not a good singer, but he was very disabled, and yeah. so everyone kind of like gave him his five minutes. And um, but when you got up uh, at that time, it was so busy. You only kind of got up once, and they asked me to play Wonderwall with him, and I pretended that I couldn't. Oh, <laughs> and it still plays in my mind. It's still, I, I made a point after that to always get up with him and play, uh, play his stuff because I, I, I couldn't sleep. Um, uh-huh. but I mean, you learn your lesson, you learn your lesson every, every time someone mentions Wonderwall and playing it live. I'm like, <laughs> it's like it just like the, the, a flashback, the shame, <laughs> shame, shame. Oh, speaking of which, I can't hear David Foolis's voice these days without hearing the Shame Wizard. <laughs> uh, I I really love that show. Did you watch Human Resources as well? I did. Yeah, yeah. It was good, wasn't it? It was. It was. That like I think it was like the second to last episode where they had the old lady passing on, and it was like really like like tear jerking. You're like, this Emotion. isn't what I expect from this show. Yeah, Why you... am I crying? It's like the first ten minutes of Up, isn't it? Like you, I'm here for like a <laughs> jolly Disney movie. Why? Why am I suddenly crying? What's going on? I mean, my wife put Dumbo on for my daughter tonight, and I'm expecting her to like just like, "Mummy, it's so sad." My son was watching Dumbo actually earlier. The the, the the like the live action one with Colin uh what's his name? Colin Farrell. 
Okay, uh, I think I've seen that, but it's it's the uh, that one, you know, where she's like yeah. rocking him in her trunk, and <laughs> it's so sad. Indeed, right? Yeah, we've got we're doing discussions. We're doing discussions. Yeah, damn it. go go damn listen it. to Will of the People because it actually makes sense. When they released like the singles for the thing, I was like, why don't you like? Being fanboys of Brexit, and this don't sound good. And I wasn't looking forward to the album, but in the context of the album, it actually makes sense because you kind of like see like as one song leads on to another into another, you kind of like see the downfall of people and stuff like that. Ah, uh, it's like store, like a almost concept. like a concept album. Most of the Muse albums are very subtly concept albums. <sighs> Ugh, okay, okay, right. Next, next discussion. Next mm. discussion topic. What is your favourite signature amp? Ooh. So this was off the back of um, Friedman teaming up with Steve Stevens, weren't it? So they're oh, doing okay. Uh, okay. Steve Stevens' signature. It's like a BEOD, but voiced for Steve Stevens and in gloss black, the entire thing. Nice. Oh, I so. did see that. I saw, I saw the amp. I didn't know it was with Steve Stevens. Indeed. Yeah. So is that is that your choice? Is Is that your... Amp, amp of choice. Oh, I'm going to mention one of uh, one of the Facebook comments. Uh, mm. Joe Joe Puttick mentioned the PRS Mark Tremonti, like the little yep. Mark Tremonti lunchbox head. Has yeah, absolute fire breather. Does exactly what what you'd want it to do, and happens to be a signature. Well, I've got the Kraken, and that's really good. Uh... And is I've that... got, and I've got the Countess, and that's really good. Well, not the Countess, the Jack. So the, the Jack is, um, yeah, Guffrey's, and the Kraken is uh, Rabir's. Are, are so... they are they like fully um, their amps, or are they like yeah, unofficially? So. No, I, I'm pretty coated. sure they are. Yeah, because they're not like on the on the um, face of the um, amps themselves. They're not like explicitly branded that way, are they? No, I, I think they were like designed in cohorts with them. That's like the um, the one that sticks to my mind that I have always wanted was the Joe Satriani JVM. Okay, I thought he was going to go for the um, the PV. Was it the Triple X that he did? Yes. Yeah. No, he did one with Ibanez, didn't he? Satch. He did a. Or was it? Yeah. No, he did a. He did one with Ibanez. He definitely did a PV as well. I'm almost certain. Almost certain he did. Vi had um, what was the brand that Vi used, and then they went out of business. Oh yes, Uh, not Cornford. It weren't. It was an American carving. Yes, the the carving legacy, weren't it? Yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah, that that never really appealed to me though. I I like Satch, um, and so that would probably be the jvm I, I did want a zach wild jcm 800 for, for a quite a long time oh and the randy Rhodes jcm 800 so the ones that oh, come the in red Rhodes, and white yeah, yeah. yeah the, oh. the white tolex ones just looked absolutely mm. yeah man oh fucking hell uh no no i'm not into them yeah, <laughs> no, there's yeah. quite a few you've mentioned that i'm pretty sure um they did a bonamassa signature oh, um two monkeys class five Marshall Class 5. And those Class 5s, I always wanted to give a go. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a Silver Jubilee. Um, yes, and, yes, of course, yeah. Uh, thing, uh, John Frisanti uses them. Um, so 
you know, I do like the chilies. I don't go after his tone, but there's a link there, you know. I'm going to throw out a, a little bit of a spicy hot one here. I think Joe, um, not Joe Satriani, uh, John Fashante is overrated. I think he is okay at best. Okay. I, I, I really, really like him. You know, sometimes, like, it's the not so amazing guitar players that actually get you really interested in, in playing guitar. Like Oasis, one of the best guitarists I've ever known in my entire life. Uh, he's gone now, unfortunately, but he he was like like shredder elite, probably the best guitarist I've ever met. And he uh, he first started playing because he liked Oasis. So yeah, I mean, I dig on the White Stripes, and Jack White oh, yeah. is very much it's it's not very technical. Like he's he's quite in, innovative in the way that he plays it, mm. but. It's not yeah, very technical I love at all. The white stripes so much, I really do. Yeah, but John Fashante, uh, John Fashante, arguably—I mean, not arguably—probably a more technically proficient uh, guitarist than Jack White. But I just, just can't do it. I just think the stuff, like the Chili Peppers, are boring as fuck. One of my favorite, um, oh, what's the name of it? fuck is the name of that song one of my favorite songs ever is i can't remember <laughs> um hang on i'll tell you oh the chilies yeah give me two seconds snow hey yo bomb de hump no under the bridge californication other side by the way no can't stop can stop? Wish the fucking stop? <laughs> it's on Californication. I can't freaking... Aeroplane? Is... That's not on California. Scar Tissue. Scar Tissue. Uh, yeah, I uh... love that song. It's just so so chill. Um, yeah, I, I just absolutely love that. And the solo today is wicked. It's it's quite quite a bit of slide on it. It's um really okay. really really nice. I mean, I've, I impressed myself there by naming at least an album's worth of Chili Pepper tunes. You pretty much named everything but the right one. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. So um, I think we also need to give out a, a shout out for a signature amp here is the slash AFD. Yeah, because. Slash had all right tone back in the day. Yeah, I mean, there there are some really really great signature amps, but most of them are amps that you could get already, and they have been yeah just been tweaked. Yeah, like the the Kraken, for instance, is a, a half a fifty one fifty and half a Marshall. Yeah, so it's fifty one shell or Mar yes. fifty. Yes, of course, yes. <laughs> right <laughs> you might say uh coming off the back of um the gibson custom shop doing a release of the six i think it like the 61 sg with the maestro vibrola they're doing um like a cherry um like transparent cherry i've just hit the microphone there um uh, the transparent cherry one and like the white triple pickup custom i thought i'd throw up uh, in my Instagram feed, 
are three humbuckers ever necessary? Because if your name isn't Pete Townsend, then no, no, it's not. What? Like Jimmy Page, Ace Freely? Yeah, I'm still staying by what I said. <laughs> the only guitar player I think who gets away with free humbuckers is Pete Townsend. Wasn't Peter Frump, didn't Peter Frampton have a Black Beauty as well? I'm sorry, I'm sticking with what I've said. The only person who gets away with free big... No, I, I don't. In all seriousness, I, I think free, free, free humbuckers is just a fucking silly. Right, so uh, aesthetically, I think it looks baller. I think it is an absolute oh, power move. No, I think it looks horrible. I absolutely love the look of triple pickups in Gibson guitars, like in a, a Les Paul custom or in a SG custom. They look amazing. But tonally, am I going to use... I, I mean, I'd use the neck pickup for most things anyway. But am I going to use that third pickup? Probably not. Am I going to... like? Is it going to get in the way when I'm picking? It absolutely fucking will. Ad Josh had posted on uh, on this and saying incorrect because the correct uh, amount of pickups is one and you only need one volume as well. What he actually it. said was you don't even need the neck. And I was like, how the fuck are you going to play it then? And I was well confused <laughs> yeah. for about a full minute there. <laughs> yeah. So he was saying like one pickup, basically bridge, volume, that's it. Not even a tone control, just a one one pickup. One volume pop, you sorted. Nah. I remember being at a, a, like an open mic night, uh, like a jam night, years and years and years ago, and I was very new to playing, and I was just like, um, only been playing like a few years, and there was a couple of like shredders there who were like really good, and they were saying this, and I was like, and I was like lapping up everything they said as you do when you're young and like people are more experienced than you, uh, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, you don't need anything more than a neck pickup. Uh, sorry, a bridge pickup and a a volume pot, and um, I'm just like fucking. How much shit did they sport? <laughs> you know, how much no, did I just lap I'm, up their bullshit? I mean, for some people, yeah, it's it's the absolute right move because all they ever use is the bridge pickup. They whack the volume on, and that's it. And that's okay. Like for some people, that is okay. But if you want to play grown-up guitar, you need a neck pickup. You you also need the control over the pickups. Yeah, um, you need the tone pot as well. And Matt, we um, <laughs> just put the word no <laughs> in the comments. Yeah, I agree so with him. I I could I could fully hear like in in that two two letter one word response. I could hear the Matt rant kind of winding up for it. Yeah. <laughs> you you could you could feel feel all of that tension behind those two letters. I mean um, Matt and I have, uh, are funny because we either fully agree on something or, yeah, or you are completely opposed. Yeah, there's no yeah. middle ground. And I'm completely with him on this one. Yeah. I mean I'm 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 kind of torn in two directions. My my mind tells me happen? no. <laughs> was it you call an ambulance? Indeed, yeah. It was a very drunken night. I shall not speak of anymore. Um, <laughs> no, I'm torn. I'm torn in two directions. I've got the my 
like logical brain thinking going, no, the pickup's going to get in the way. I don't like humbuckers anyway. Well, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of humbuckers and it's going to, it's going to impede my, my play more than it's going to give me tonal options. But then my heart looks at the triple pickups SG and says, yes, there was a bloke who used to look back, 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 back when I first started playing guitar and I was rocking. Oh, what was I playing at the time? I I think I was playing my Ibanez by that point. The um the RG five seventy. So I was like fully fully into the like nineties nineties aesthetic. And there was a guy who who had one of the triple pickup Epiphone SG customs, uh, who was on the same scene. Wetton, I think his name was. He like he had a first name, but his name was Wetton. And Wetton, like it he was like in a uh like a grungy band. But he had this triple pickup ivory finished SG custom. And when he was on stage, he was the coolest motherfucker on the planet because of that SG. It was just the coolest. He had that and he had um, a Marshall Jackhammer pedal. Oh. And <laughs> it was it was the like most Here's all the tone and there it goes. <laughs> yeah, it, but it was just it was it was so raucous. Um, he could have been playing anything, and I would have, I would have fawned over it because they had this. It was just like swagger. It was completely not a swagger. I so, a post earlier from um, that someone shared from like the the music scene in the area I grew up from, like the early two thousands. Yeah, and this was like when I first started uh, college, and all the bands we used to go and see, and all this like the other like. It was just absolutely crazy. It, was, it really takes me back to that sort of time. I was just like looking at these bands going, wow, one day I hope to be as good as them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, you don't realise that those were the days until you look back and go, actually, those were the days, aren't they? We've got, like, I know I'm not in Medway anymore, but, we, you know, we've got, nothing there anymore all the venues are closed down like i've worked and gigged at pretty much every single one of them hardly any of them exist anymore so many of them have been turned into flats yeah apartments for our american listeners (laughs) our old um stomping ground the one that i like back when i was in those ibanez days i had like a residency slot at because my band would turn up and play stuff (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, and like we knew songs like we had an absolutely fantastic work ethic so like the, the promoters loved us um but that place turned into a curry house that then just got the the building just got flattened uh, whilst and, everyone was in there <laughs> yeah it was a hell of a gig was it like no no it was over the space of like a decade like after we'd finished our residency there and our band split up. Like they continued it on for another couple of years and then the owners sold out and um they sold it to the like the the curry shop owners who who had this like kind of fancy bar uh curry shop kind of thing going on. But then once that kind of tanked, they just flattened um flattened the whole building. And then the the venue that the promoter from there went on to has also closed down as well. Right. So <laughs> it's it's bad times. But there you go. Like, it right. happens. 
Okay. Right, we've got... What's the next one? We've got two two more. This is All based right. on the on the video that I released this week. Hey! Hey! Um, so I released a uh, No Talk or Time Versus about the Kuvave. Kuvave? Fuzz? Is it Kuvave? C-U-V-A-V-E. Kuvave or Kuvave, what do you reckon? What did you just call me? Kuvave. <laughs> Kuvave. It's bu- bouquet. Um, it's bucket. <laughs> uh, so the Kavave fuzz is better than the Behringer Super Fuzz. So controversial because I know the Behringer Super Fuzz has got a lot of love. You're <laughs> agreeing, disagreeing? I, I don't. Like you've you've played the Super Fuzz, haven't you? Yeah, I've got what I'm looking at. Can sit here. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It's got that cool in between position. Um, yeah, um, the one and a half mode. Yeah, well, it's like two point five, isn't it? Because it blends both of them together. Um, yeah, but, but it's between one and two. Because yeah, three okay. is boost mode. Is it parallel or stacked? It's got to be parallel, isn't it? I think it's parallel. Mm, yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, look, when when uh, me and Josh did that recording day, we we managed to jimmy that one and a half cent we recorded it but then the camera didn't record <laughs> so unfortunately that video has it's it's gone I, i've not played the other pedal oh, i've got no horse in this race as i said earlier i can tell you exactly i'll tell you what i'll tell you what the um the poll is telling us because on the no talk or tone i do a um do a poll that goes with it and at last i checked it was like 75 percent for the cavave the cavave and let's have a look. So I think the, the issue with it was that the Super Fuzz does one sound and one sound really well. It does, like, the single no, note lines. It does. Like, you, once you try chords on it, it it doesn't do... Right, so, in fact, actually, the, the Cavave has got 77 and the, um, the Behringer has got 23%. Right, so, okay, but the Behringer has... Two very different modes uh, of fuzz, plus the plus the combined sound, which is great, and it's got a boost sound. So to yeah. say it does one sound, it's it's bullshit. I'm sorry that that's just that's just wrong. It's factually wrong. <laughs> I don't know how you can say that. Well, I'm, go- I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until you've until you spewed your shite here, and I'm oh, gonna no. explain what I was saying. So it does the one. The one sound, which is single note lines, once you try and do chords with any of those tones, you can't because it is, it's so saturated and so mushy that the like, any, any chordal work gets lost. I see what you're saying because it goes into that sort of um, clashed harmonics sort of thing. Yeah. E- even fantastic. On... Yes, like it... low tuning. It, it yeah it it's been absolutely championed for for doom and kind of sludgy metal tones, but it does it with single lines. If you try anything more complex than a power chord, it just can't handle it. And it's because of those upper harmonics, even in like mode one, which is the arguably the tamer of the two fuzz tones. What about the boost? I mean, let's not talk about the boost because the boost. It really just shouldn't be on there because... I think I agree, yeah. Um, 
it, I, I never use it, but it is it is on there, and it does do it. So you know that's a, that's something you can use quartz on. But you, like you could, you but you you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, okay, it doesn't right. sound good. I'll agree. Uh, it, in fact, actually, the the boost mode um, disengages the gain control, doesn't it? And it just you've only got the two the three controls there. You've got the bass, middle, and the um, sorry, the bass, the treble, and the volume. Because it mean? completely bypasses the gain control. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I don't know what the other pedal's got on it, but um, th- is it a it's, little bit more nuanced? Yeah. So it's a bit like um, a bit like a fuzz face with a tone control, um, but it's it's a starved sound as well. It's it's almost like a Burst. yeah, like it's been biased too low. So if you run the gain at halfway or less, you get like really kind of dying battery spluttering sounds and it thins out as well because of the it's only just about pushing enough voltage to get the the transistors working but it's a really cool kind of overdrive tone but then you push the the gain up and you get that kind of warm saturation and you it's it's not it's not a defined tone because it's fuzz but you do get some note separation and you can do a bit a bit more chordal work I yeah. think that is why the Cavave or the Cavave, again, in the comments of the uh, Fret Talk podcast group, let me know how you pronounce this. It's like Joyo jo- and Joyo. Like if you've never heard anyone say it, who knows? Yeah. Um, I spent some time this week playing with the uh, the Catlin Bread uh, Fuzzerite pedal, which is in a similar sort of frame. Oh yes, it's, it's the it's the Mossrite Fuzz, yeah. which is kind of similar sort of territory, um, and <clears throat> it does that sort of clashing. But I did use a lot of um, interesting chords when I was filming because I, d- I did a video of it. Um, so check that out. But also, our Mikey released a video of that this week, and it is oh, that was excellent, splendid. wasn't it? One of the best videos I've not just one of the best videos we've released, one of the best videos I've seen in fucking ages. Yeah, like he uses it in a very, very innovative, innovative. Again, like if that is not the podcast title this week, innovative. Spell it wrong um, though. <laughs> innovative. Innovative. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like he uses it on like everything but a guitar. I think there is a guitar no, at one on point. Guitar, yeah, yeah, there is a guitar at one point. But like the majority of it is not guitar stuff, and it really surprised me how good it translates to some of those tracks. But it's something that merely describing it does not give it justice. Yeah, because he he blends all the he like what you don't realize is as he's playing it on all of these different tracks. They're actually all part of the same song, and then at the yeah, end yeah, he plays them all together, and it's just like oh yeah, so good. Uh, yeah, when it all comes together, it's like it's like a good joke or like a murder mystery or something where you like at the end you're like oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I found myself by like the fourth uh, fourth track, I was like, that's really cool hearing them in isolation. But what if they were all part of a track? And then it like the next one, it was like here it is as a track. Like, you should ask. <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well done, Mikey. Yeah, very good. Very, very good. And yeah, congrats to Mikey as well. He's uh, recently become a Pops. So Yes. Yeah. Congrats to Mike. And uh, uh we we're we're lucky enough now to have um, some editors for our, our videos. 
and um, in order to say thank you to them, we sent them, uh, sent one of them the uh, the actual pedal we're talking about now, which is the Catlin bread uh, fuzz right. Um, but we forgot to tell him. <laughs> yeah, it was like, have I, did I get drunk and order something off Reaver? Yeah, so he gets this notification from Amazon saying, uh, yeah, your package is waiting for you. He's like, what package? What? What, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that was that was fun. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, he was he was quite happy with that. Indeed. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to hear what he uh, what he thinks of that as well. Mm. We've got like we've got that pedal in three hands now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, clever like that, jugglers. Um, okay, uh, so right. what was the last one then? Final one, final one. Duke of Tone officially released. So it's actually like it's available for sale. I think we mentioned it two months ago where it had been leaked on Sweetwater. Yeah, I thought it. I thought I'd heard of it before because I was like, "What if it wasn't that? What was it I heard of before?" <laughs> so no, it, I'm glad you a, confirmed. There was a it. leak, and then it, it it came up, and then instantly got taken away. I think MXR at that point held their hands up and went, "Yeah, it's the thing, but it's not released yet." But it's actually it's you can go out and buy it now. I think it's like 150 ish dollars. Yeah, so apparently so, the actual Prince of Tone is about the same cost. Is it? Apparently. Uh, let's have a look. I'm just going to look on Analogman's website now. The Prince of Tone. And it do, they have is... a, do they have a wait time for that then? Or is it just the King of Tone that you have to have a, a wait time on? No, I don't think there is a wait time. Yes, yeah, it's a hundred and forty-eight dollars. <laughs> so, but you you get you get the um, the mini um, enclosure rather than it being full size. You you don't have to wait for it to be built because I assume if you put an order in, there's a lead time. But I mean, th- this was not the discussion point. Is like, is it worth it? Due to Brexit orders, uh, due to Brexit orders to the UK have to be over one hundred and eighty dollars right now. So if you're listening to the UK and you're thinking I'm going to get a Prince of Tone, bear that in mind. Yeah, yeah, you have to buy your Prince of Tone and a couple of bags of sweets or something from them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, so the the discussion topic with this one, not necessarily is it is it worth it because clearly, <laughs> actually, you could get the analog analog man. Is the the discussion topic is what do you think is coming next? Because we've got the Analog Man collab, we've got the Timmy collab. What do you think MXR will be doing next as a collaboration? Just before, look at this. Why are you showing me a picture of your butthole, Lee? Look at what that says. Okay, Analog Man Prince. Due to flippers buying these for immediate resale, we will cancel any orders after you've bought two of these. Responsibility, okay. people. Responsibility. <laughs> okay, Lee, leave it there. The the people have spoken. Yeah. But it's nice that Analog Man are doing, doing a thing. Doing a thing. Cool. Right, what do you think they're doing next? Who do you think they're collabing with next? Well, I sincerely hope it's not an OCD. <laughs> But do you not? Like, if you can have... I, I don't like the OCD at the best of times, but I don't want to put any... I don't want any money going into that man's hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I understand that. 
And I, I wouldn't want to dirty the name of MXR either with with that with him. Okay, so if not the OCD, who who do you think they should uh, collab with next? Um, maybe themselves and make some more bloody pedals because MXR are amazing. Uh, they they uh, they've got a lineup, haven't they? Mm. But they, they have done stuff um, over the past kind of decade. They've like rejigged the. Um, the carbon copy a few times. They've done the bright. They've done the deluxe. Uh, is there a mini version of that as well? Have they done a mini version? Yes, they have. Yeah, there you but go. They've done the it, phase ninety five a mini version. They've done the uh, comp the mini version. Look, it it's not about rejigging pedals that you used to put out and these sort of things. At one time, they were one for one like Boss. They were they were on the same level as Boss. You know, you wanted a pedal, you would either go and get an MXR or a Boss pedal. Um, and now Boss have skyrocketed ahead. I know they're doing the Wazacrafts and they're reissuing their old, old pedals and these sort of things, but but okay. they're also doing all the other stuff that, that Boss is doing. And it's like MXR are just standing there holding their willies. <laughs> what, holding Boss's willy? <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, so what have Boss done that it hasn't been a collaboration that is uh, not a take on what they've already done? Well, I'm I'm talking about like the DD500s, the GT1000, the uh, Wazirs, the Wazaramps, the uh, so, but like the so much the, the, not Wazaramps, the, the, sorry, the Katana amps, the Wazirair uh, headphones, the um, the 200 series, the SY200. The SY one, um, they done the uh, well. Do I need to carry on? I mean, the the SY like the synth stuff has been going since the eighties. It's just a revision of that. They've done delays since the eighties. That's a revision of that. The reverbs they've done since the eighties. It's a revision. It's a different packaging. Like it's it's adding more features, but it's still doing the same thing. Yeah, but it's not like here's the same pedal in a different case. Like the DD500 is very different to like the DD3. The DD3, which was their old, old pedal, is... Yeah, you, the, you like can the still Phase buy 95. Phase 95 is very different than the Phase 90 because it involves a, like a script mode and involves a, a 90 and a 45 yeah. mode. Phase 95, very good. Very, very good. Um, yeah, but they've done they've I've, done that with a bunch of their pedals. Just because they're not innovating in the same way, they're not going log big pedals. They haven't done much of it either. They have like they've reinvented the the comp. They've reinvented the um, the delay. They've done uh, the carbon copy in a mini pedal format. They've done it in the deluxe format to add like subdivisions to add tap tempo. They've made it like like an ultimate utility version of it, or like. A, a tiny version that you can cram into a smaller space on your pedal board. Okay, all right. I, I, I maybe I'm not. I mean, they're not myself. innovating in in as many areas. They're not doing amps. They're not doing switches. They're not doing whatever else, like pedal boards or whatever. No, I mean, I mean, putting the S the SY one, putting a synth into a, a a little compact pedal, and that is a, a whole brand new thing. It's not like doing it as a package that needs a special pickup and these sort of things. It was complete innovation. Yeah, um, I'll I'll give you that then. Yeah. Oh. And the Wazirs and the Katana amps and these sort of things, uh, you know, it, it's again innovation. 
Um, yeah, but it's it's not pedals, though, is it? What we what we're saying is pedals because MXR aren't aren't in the business of uh, expanding their pedal lineup neither, to, to no, include amps. Neither were Boss, so, and then they did. So, like Boss have had the like Boss Roland, yeah, they, yeah, they have the Jazz had Chorus. A, well, that that was Roland, really, but yeah, but, then but they're, they're, they're the same like, company. Same yeah, company. but if Come Boss on. released a piano, you'd be like, well, hang on a minute, well, why not leave it to Boss, uh, Roland? So, you know, it's, it is a little bit different. Um, okay, look, the next uh, the next um, MXR pedal like yeah. this. Tom? They've got the sugar drive for that, though, haven't they? The sugar drive is uh, their take on the clock. I mean, they've, like, they've, I... Got, they've got their own drives as well. Yeah, but and I, I think I agree with you on that one. If you take what they've done so far, like the Timmy is a, a boutique manufacturer who can only do it in small quantities. They've released it to the, the masses in a mini pedal format, so it's quite convenient. They've done the same with the Analog Man, made it like, mass appeal convenient. The next logical step would be kind of Bill Finnegan with uh, the, the KTR, the Clon. Mm. I th- I think I agree with that. And I think someone had mentioned. I think it was uh, Hello Sailor Joe had mentioned um, the uh, Vemuran. Yeah, Jan well, Ray. Hang, hang on a minute. No, they wouldn't that's do kind that. Of... That's a Timmy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So but they wouldn't do that. Yeah, but some maybe like one of the the Vemuran uh, fuzz. I think if they did anything not. with Vemuran, uh, Paul would pull his support for the Timmy. He maybe hates it he is openly vocal about the about Vimran and oh, is it? yeah and all the other people who rip off to Timmy oh there you go yeah um so yeah I think Clon is kind of like the the right direction uh any other companies that kind of fit that I mean maybe they could do like a like a vintage fuzz like a solar sound hmm. I don't know Maybe. Um, the only trouble with the vintage fuzzes is getting those Germanian um, parts, aren't they? Yeah, it's just. But if they could, like, if they could rework it so that it sounds the same but uses more readily available um, transistors, I mean, maybe, baby, it could, it could do. So imagine that's what they're doing with the King of Tone, uh, sorry, the Prince of Tone, or the, sorry, the Duke of Tone that they're doing, is that they're sourcing like for like. Easily um, attainable components. Shouldn't they have called it the Duke of Earl? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they should have. No. Oh, dear. Uh, but there we go. I uh, I I think Clon is the next the next one, isn't it? It's got to be. Or or Governor. All right, all right, Chappie. <laughs> all right, Governor. Yeah, because like you know, yeah. you think you think the the um, it kind of fits as well because the analog, the Prince of Tone is uh, a bluesbreaker, so maybe if they went down, did a deal with Marshall, did a, a governor, but a, like a decent one. But couldn't Marshall just do that themselves? Maybe they fucking well should then. Um, they should do. They should they should yeah. re-release the old big box versions with, um as close to the original circuits as they could, even like down to like the Shred Master as well. They yeah. should re-release them. I don't know if they should do them in the big boxes. I wonder if they should do like uh, their own 
box, like kind of like like how Forpy does in the, their own their own box, um, but more convenient yeah, like, for a pedal board, but still using the same like art and stuff. As, the aesthetic, yeah, yeah. exactly. One hundred percent, they should do that. And why they haven't, I don't know. I just feel like banging my head against a brick wall. Say, so stop releasing fucking headphones <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, you know. yeah. Or, or mobile phones. They released a mobile phone as well. I know, it's what are you doing? Yeah, as if that's not a saturated enough market. But pff, whatever. Right, that's our podcast for this week. Uh, let us know if you liked it, because it's been a slightly slightly kind of high-paced one this week where we've done a lot of, lot of discussion, a lot of um, ranting on our own thoughts. Yeah. And we uh, want to uh, hear back from you as well. We're kind of being purposely argumentative, aren't we? You know, it's like we're we're a lot more laid back than we sound, but we, you know, we're just kind of trying, <laughs> got to make a discussion out of it. But yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it work? Yeah, does it work? Let us know if you if you liked it. Get in the uh, get in the podcast group. Let us know if you didn't like it. Let us know. Quick, sum sum it up. What have we gone through? So we've had uh, this is what we, we got... want to hear back on, boys. And girls, indeed. So we want we want to hear definitely if Squire is the most uh, innovative. He's more innovative than Fender. Squire or Fender? We to, indeed. We want to hear uh, about the Noel Gallagher. Is it is is it really worth it? Is it is there a point in twenty twenty two? Go listen to new Muse album. Favorite. I'm just going to translate everything here. Okay. <laughs> Favorite signature amp, three humbuckers in a guitar, necessary. Cavave or Superfuzz, and Duke of Tone. What do MXR do next? Right, we're extending a massive thank you, of course, to our listenership. We're extending an even massive thank you. That's the one, late extending the thank you. Uh, we're extending an even massive thank you to the following people because they are Patreon backers. And for $2 a month, you can be one of these people. Uh, so Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects, Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects, of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and the Just Surprise Me podcast. Mr. Hugh Erection, Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. And Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jokes podcast. And the Second Button podcast. Almost forgot that one. <laughs> um, if you want to catch me online, I am Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. YouTube is the home to the No Talk or Tone series and the No Talk or Tone Versus series, which this week featured... The Behringer Supervars versus the Kuvave or Kuvave. Who knows? I, I, Lee, mean, where I can... think you've said it differently about five times, man. Have, uh, you I can have. find me on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me in my studio. You can find me on Google Maps. You can find me... Please um... don't try and track us down on Google Maps. Don't do that. That's weird. Me in the garden wearing nothing. <laughs> um yeah so um yeah that's that's where you can find me cool so that is a podcast so from myself mr budget pedal chap from mr lee it will be a tatty boy and good night this week night everybody sleep tight
Did you hear about the fellow whose whole left side was cut off? No, I did not hear about the fellow whose whole left side was cut off. Do tell more. He's all right now. Ah, I see. Like that song. Yeah, all right now. He's all <laughs> right. He's not left anymore. He's right. Damn it, Lee. Um, That'll do. That'll do. That'll do. 